0: Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel-drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Enjoy springtime on this award-winning three-hour experience, putting you in the middle and on top of of Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food, all led by a local expert guide. Tours offered daily and year-round with transportation provided. Visit Asheville AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. And by romanticashville.com, Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting romanticashville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required.
1: Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website that's speakingoftravel.net and on pretty much all podcast platforms including the iHeartRadio app Buzzsprout, Pandora and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news helpful tips and links to travel stories from people who love to challenge themselves with new places, people and experiences. So this last year found many travelers in uncharted territory. But for those of us dreaming of traveling, there seems to be a clear path forward. So, where is that path going to take you? And really, where do you want to go next? Last year, I missed a big trip with Mark Gordon Smith, founder of Private Italy Tours, to Italy. I had really been looking forward to being introduced to so many new places and people, but I never saw stop dreaming, it would happen again. So let's find out how 2021 is shaping up for Mark and let him catch us up on what's happening in this incredible country that isn't just for travelers who crave the world's best pizzas, pastas, and wines. And Mark, welcome to Speaking of Travel. It's so great to have you back on the show.
2: It's great to be here, Marilyn. Thank you so much again for the invitation. It's always a
1: pleasure. Thank you. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for the invitation last year to come along with You on on some of your tours. And I know we all were disappointed. It was it was sad, but things are looking up. So why don't Mm -hmm. we jump right off and talk about uh, let's talk about the future and what's happening right now.
2: The uh, everyone that's listening to this interview, I'm sure understands how difficult it's been even to get into italy until the eu opens up again and the president agrees that we can travel the good news is we're seeing a, a much wider range of results from the vaccination process across the country uh the major airlines that we are most familiar with lufthansa united america and are beginning international route very soon when you look at the schedule as an example for lufthansa into june july august they are reinstating the charlotte munich trip there will be some controls in place but Uh, It's really heartening to see that after the kind of year we've had, but especially Italy with COVID has been, as again, I think a lot of people know very hard, very hard hit by by COVID and they're coming out of it slowly but surely and it's getting better. It is. I'm looking forward to traveling again.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you did a lot. You know, it's it's so amazing. I think it's the word I'm looking for to realize how people were able to turn these situations around where traveling wasn't an option to being able to keep moving forward. And let's talk a little bit about about how you, with your company and, and all the experience and knowledge and connectedness you have with the country of Italy, how did you keep going during this last year? Yeah,
2: it, uh, it, it actually, specifically on a conversation with one of our clients, we have an art tour that has been trying to get to Italy for some time. We're, we're close to our fourth reschedule, and I'm grateful that everyone has stayed with us in conversation with one of them. They said it would really be nice, Mark, if there was a way to keep the group in quotes together so that we could see each other and reconnect even on Zoom. And as a result of that, we have started a biweekly, uh, what we call aperitivo call. and. I have been fortunate, through some associates in, in Italy in particular, to bring in some incredible uh, people to present to us. Ross King, who is an author who wrote Brunelleschi's Dome, Michelangelo, and The Pope's Ceiling. He has a new book coming out April 13th, The Bookseller of Florence. Uh, we've had the world's number one authority on the restoration of works by Caravaggio. We've had uh, the lead uh, enologist from Badia Coltibona Winery in Chianti join us on these calls. and. What's interesting is on the other side of the Atlantic, these people are, I'm not going to use the word desperate, but they're excited to have someone interested in continuing communication around tourism. And the, the calls have been very well received. And we're booked now through September. Every two weeks we have new presenters, uh, Sarah Dunant, Um, who's another author. We have a woman who does calligraphy and manuscript restoration uh, for the Uffizi. It's a thrill to share that level of expertise with our group. And it's like a class and it keeps everybody ready to go (laughs) if you understand what we can do when we finally do get it going and in a way it brings Italy home to us when we can't travel so it's it's been a very nice successful I guess you'd say it really has
1: I'm so happy that that has been able to transpire over this past year and and you Mark are such a you're just such a gentle connector you bring people together and in so many ways not only in person on your trips. You've been doing these trips to Italy for a long time. Let's just give everybody a little bit of your backstory.
2: Okay. Well, I uh, in 2001, uh, very briefly, I uh, got the support of family and my partner and uh, moved to Florence for 18 weeks. And I wrote my first book. And it was as a result of that experience that I developed a a class for adult learners called Travel Across Italy, and it was essentially four classes that divided the peninsula so we could talk about when you go to Venice, here's places to see, things to do, places to stay, that kind of thing. My very first class, a lady came down at break and said, Mark, have you ever thought about sharing these places you've written about with travelers? And it's the only time in my life I can remember a light bulb going off (laughs) over my head. And I started Private Italy Tours uh, 18 years ago. And we've done over 700 trips, small groups. I, uh, I am astounded at what this has become. And it's always a joy uh, to get back to Italy. And as you and I have spoken in the past, Marilyn, this isn't always so much about profit. It isn't so much about money. It's experience, sharing a beautiful culture with people. And I, I tell friends now, Uh, that we can't travel that as as i'm watching stanley tucci's uh, searching for italy programs all i do is i salivate and weep (laughs) because i can't get back there right now but that's at the heart of what we do we now have five itineraries across various provinces regions of italy and uh, information if i can share this Marilyn, if people are interested it's uh, the website is private dash Italy.com and we'd love to travel with you for sure in 22 we think 22 is going to be a blowout we really do
1: well I am on your newsletter email list which I always have such a big smile on my face when it shows up in my inbox because I know there's gonna be a beautiful pictures and there's gonna be some interesting facts and information about the art there's just yep. so many things. And that first book that you wrote based on that on your trip there, that very first time was not your last.
2: No, actually, I, I, uh, I've written um, five books. Um, there was a novel that sold three copies, <laughs> as I say. <laughs> and I am working on another one now uh, to, to finish off the Italian trilogy. I, I wanted to mention, too, something we're trying to focus on now to Maryland on our trips. And that's what we call outdoor tourism, not, not adventure tourism. Uh, As an example, on our Sicily and our Puglia trip, two different tours, we're outdoors 90% of the time. We have private bedrooms at the villas where our clients stay, Uh, it's safe. The demographic of our group is typically older. We're excited about the fall of this year, and I think uh, that by certainly early October, things will be in place to make travel across the Atlantic for us a possibility and a safe possibility at that.
1: Well, you know, my bags are packed. I don't think I even <laughs> unpacked them after. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. So, Mark, when we come back from the break, let's talk more about the the trips that you have coming up, how people can get more information and tell us again, our uh, the website so people can be looking at it.
2: Yeah. Our website is private-italy.com. All the information is there.
1: And you can sign up for that newsletter right there they're on your website
2: right on the homepage there's a place where you can sign up and subscribe to the newsletter which true and welcome we'd love to share it with you
1: well Mark thank you I can't wait to find out more especially around these new outside outdoor journeys that you have coming up and I definitely want to talk about the art such a a deep deep uh, history of art this is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel I'm here talking to Mark Gordon Smith he's the founder of Private Italy Tours we're talking Italy ciao ciao we'll be right back
3: Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander, adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Nashville. And welcome to Subyville.
1: Spring is in the air here in Asheville, North Carolina, and we're so excited because now is the time to join Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours on their exciting 3-hour rooftop experience. You will enjoy city history, handcrafted drinks and food, breathtaking views, reserved seating, and a local guide leading the way. And they take care of the driving, too. Enjoy the VIP treatment on this TripAdvisor award-winning tour. Tours seven days a week. For more information, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and today we are talking about Italy. And I am so excited to have Mark Gordon-Smith, the founder of Private Italy Tours, here with me today. And Mark, there's just so much we could talk about. Italy is such an amazing country, so much to see and do
2: yes it is i every single town almost now i've learned there's different dialects there are different kinds of food preparation there's different wine but always i have never encountered a bad italian heart as i say they're generous they share they love us tourism with one exception, and that has to do with all these millions who trample all over Venice and Florence and Rome all the time. in And one of the things we try to do uh, related to that is to get out where towns are smaller and the impact of our tourism doesn't hurt the land or hurt the, the footprint of what we leave behind. And the villas that we rent where our clients stay are typically away from the big cities they offer privacy, a lot of acreage to walk on so you can explore as you wish, get fresh air. And I greatly enjoy that because it's... It's more to me an authentic encounter with the Italian people and their culture when you're not in the big city. Even though I love Florence, don't get me wrong, it's my second home. I just. I feel that way very strongly about one of the things we're starting to do, this outdoor tourism idea. It isn't glamping because we stay in a villa, but it's it's a wonderful way, I think, to settle, unpack, and see a place more deeply.
1: I love that. And what you were saying about the people, they I've been to Italy a couple of times. I'm very grateful for both those trips. And I just love the vibe. It's just such a wonderful <laughs> vibe. <laughs> people are laid back and just so gracious. So, Mark, I want to talk to you because you really, uh, you would talk earlier about your Zoom meetings and how you gather every mm-hmm. uh, couple of weeks and you've got all these people wow. coming in and talking. You are a teacher, you've taught classes and mm-hmm. are very well versed in the art scene. In Italy let's talk a little bit about that and some of the restoration projects that you're familiar with
2: okay we uh, a few years ago I became even more interested and I have taught a number of classes across uh, universities and colleges in north and south carolina i've been very blessed to be able to do that and on a trip about three years ago i was meeting with two ladies at the time who worked for an organization called advancing women artists foundation and it was founded by a lady who was from indiana she has since uh, passed away and I was introduced to the work of a female artist who was a sister in the Renaissance uh, monastery of San Marco in Florence. And her name was Suor Plautilla Nelly. She created the largest Last Supper painting by any female artist in history. And we became both financially and, and otherwise engaged. I did in learning about the restoration process, and through that, uh, I have I have enriched and deepened my appreciation for the work of female artists. They they have been the work by them has been incredible. In, incorrectly attributed. In fact, in two cases, art was attributed to Caravaggio that was actually done by female artists. And I continue to teach. I love sharing whatever knowledge I can I can bring to bear on the education process for adult learners and travelers.
1: I love that. So how can, I want to talk again about how we can get not only more information about uh, your tours, but mm-hmm. also to dig deeper and go down that wonderful rabbit hole of, of art and art history and, and the Italian mm-hmm. culture through your, through your lens.
2: Well, I, thanks for asking about that. Uh, when the Advancing Women Artists announced it was going to close, I felt that there was a need to continue the mission of the what was the AWA, but in a completely different way. Uh, I'm in the process of establishing a, a not-for-profit that will focus on arts education for the Italian Renaissance, female artists, female artists of the Dutch golden age. Some of the funding will go to the restoration of works of art in Italy and the Netherlands that were created by by artists, female artists of those periods. And we're early on in the stages. It's moving slowly. It's kind of like a flywheel. We have to get it going. I'm really excited. We, uh, we've identified a work by a very famous female artist that's in Rome. And we're in the process of working all the negotiations with the church, the curia, the legal system in Italy, as you can imagine. It's a little complicated. And at some point, My guess is by May, we will be able to launch the website. We have resources that will provide press in the New York Times, The Economist, uh, The Wall Street Journal about the work we are going to work on in Rome. And I'm excited about it. But I also I have divided focus because I really want to get back to Italy for the trips, too. So it's they're, they're coming together slowly. Uh, and I'm excited about them. I really am. I, I love learning about the restoration of these forks of art.
1: I love that too. So how can we get involved? What if in our future, we want to not only get involved with supporting your nonprofit, but also to be able to get right there with you as you show us around some of these amazing spots?
2: Well, there's two answers. One, we're, when we launch Uh, There will be a link on our homepage for private-italy.com, and we also will have information in an archive that covers both photographically and in writing the scientific analysis, but the actual physical restoration of the work, and so people can go in and see this work being restored. We will also cover the unveiling of each work as we go forward, and there will be a link on private-italy.com, where people who might be interested can explore what we're doing.
1: Well, there's so much to explore. As we know, Italy is just such a, a diverse country. So I, I have to ask Mark. Yes. Uh, you haven't been to Italy. You didn't travel all of 2020. Mm-hmm. So close your eyes for just a second and think. When I get to Italy, the first thing I'm going to do is.
2: When my feet touch the ground in Florence, I will get down on my knees and kiss the runway. <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the hotel and get cleaned up and I'm going to get out in the city and enjoy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And everybody's going to be so ready to have oh. to have guests come back.
2: I can't wait. I, I am anxious to bring people to Italy when they feel it's safe and appropriate to come. And I feel encouraged by what we see as it relates to possibly traveling in September or October in the South, being outdoors, experiencing Italy in a, a less... Worry, worrisome way related to COVID. Um, and we'll do everything we can certainly to make that safe.
1: Well, that's what is so wonderful about your your business and, and your tours is that you always have people's safety and health. and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And certainly there, I know that I've heard from many people who've gone on your tours, just the level of relaxation and really being able to, like you said, drop everything off. And just become part of the Italian culture.
2: Right. And it's it, it, we don't push our clients hard. We usually leave around 9 a.m. We're back in time for an aperitivo by the pool or on the terrace. The intent is to let people just relax and, as you say, become semi-Italian, even if it's just for two weeks, to really question and learn about the beauty of the italian culture
1: and we know there's there's so much uncertainty even moving forward but i love that you are visualizing how this can happen taking the necessary steps one step at a time and being patient so Mm -hmm. let's say we're ready you're ready everybody's ready (laughs) we're getting the we're getting the flags are up it's time to go. What can we do to get tuned in, turned on, and signed up for for one of your wonderful
2: tours? Thank you, Marilyn. The easiest way to do this is simply to go to our website, private-italy.com. Um, at the top, there is a contact us link and you can fill out a request and we'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer questions you might have. While we don't specifically help with airfare, because that's a pretty independent decision, points, business class, and so on, When your feet touch Italy, you're ours. And we will take care of everything to make it as safe and as enjoyable as it possibly can be. So I would the best way to reach us is really the private-italy.com website.
1: And I would definitely give a shout out. And I can't
2: wait to get back to Italy.
1: I know. Well, I'm shouting out. Let's go. We definitely want to go and be sure when you go to that website to sign up for Mark's newsletter. You won't be sorry. You will be dreaming of Italy as soon as that gets in your inbox. So Mark. Thank you so much. Italy, here we come.
2: Thank you again, too. It's a pleasure to be here, Marilyn. We'll see you again soon.
1: Sounds great. Well, you know, right here in our own backyard of Western North Carolina, there's so much to love in nature. As Mark was talking about, getting outside, being outside in nature is so important. And for me, I like to be in nature with a nice glass of wine and a comfy bed. So glamping seems like a perfect combo of being out in nature and keeping those comforts from home. Home. Coming up next is my guest Dan Woodall. He's the operations manager for Adventure Pisca Hospitality Partners. So stay tuned and learn all about this wonderful way of being out in nature.
0: Spring is blooming, and it's the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, romanticashville.com travel guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit romanticashville.com today.
1: Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars.
0: Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars.
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, over the last year, I've really made an effort to try new things. And I'm happy to say I've had a lot of amazing experiences. Some great some challenging, but one thing I haven't tried yet and is on my list of things to do now that the days are longer and the temps are getting higher is glamping. I love being outdoors, but I'm not such a big fan of the rugged wilderness, and glamping seems like the perfect combo of being out in nature and keeping those comforts from home. Today we're going to find out all about this low-impact, ecotourism way to enjoy all the natural surroundings the great outdoors offers up my guest today is Dan Woodall he's the operations manager for adventure Pisca hospitality partners and Dan it is so great to have you here today I really appreciate it coming back on speaking of travel to talk to us about glamping
3: well I had such a great time last time uh, I'm happy to be here Marilyn thanks for having
1: me well when you were on last time Dan we talked briefly about glamping. We talked a lot about the natural forests and the parks and the camping, but my interest was like on high radar. What is this glamping all about? So give us an idea of, of how you all do it, where we can do it, and what we need to know about it.
3: Absolutely. So um, glamping is a, a, a trend in the outdoor Community here, you know, gaining in popularity for the last 10 years. I think you could probably find the first operations in the early 2000s. And it kind of started in California, like a lot of outdoor pursuits do. But the word glamping comes from the combination of glitzy and camping. So it is exactly both of those things. It's just a luxurious way to go camping. And basically it's, it's camping in a more uh, permanent structure, typically a wall tent, a canvas wall tent, like you may see at a Boy Scout camp um, or an RV. Now, both of those things will be outfitted with more luxurious furniture, amenities, stuff like electricity, like an hour operation, we've got queen size beds and and all the furniture is is really rustic and, and tasteful timber constructed furniture, like you might see in a hunting lodge or a fishing lodge or um, or even at the Biltmore house for those of us that are familiar with Asheville. And then, typically, glamping operations—I know ours um, certainly includes it—but have flush toilets because that's also a, a very large obstacle for a lot of campers. So we we provide flush toilets and, and uh, hot showers at ours. So in the Asheville area, it's it's starting to become a bigger industry. That being said, we at Adventure pisga Uh, operate a mid to large sized operation at the lake powhatan campground which is near bent creek as well as pisgah national forest and we run 12 canvas wall tents Uh, you can take a look at pictures if you want to see more uh, on our website at adventurepisgah.com or you can go to pisgaglamping.com and that's the direct link but basically it's the idea of glamping is to make it one more comfortable for the user but also make it more accessible to the folks that maybe want to dip their toe in the water or know they're only going to go a few times a year yes you are going to pay a higher reservation price but that kind of washes out when you don't have to invest in a tent or a sleeping bag, headlamp, stuff like that. It's all waiting for you there. So it's a good way to try camping out. For those that are interested and for those that are only going once a year and want to make sure that they're not going to get wet or they're not going to hurt their back sleeping on the ground. This is a sure way to kind of control some of those variables.
1: Well I did take a look at some of the pictures that you have on the website and I I was kind of blown away Dan to be honest with you because that ain't my daddy's camping. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, uh, yeah. it's really uh, very sweet in fact. It's almost like why would you even want to get a A hotel room, when you can be right there in nature, right in our own backyard, give us an idea. Once we make the reservation and we're we're ready to go, what would we need to bring in uh, that might not be provided in the glamping?
3: Yeah, and you know what's interesting about our glamping operation is you can kind of do it one of two ways. A lot of folks use our glamping operation as as a base camp because it's so close to Asheville. You don't really need to bring anything. It's close enough to where you can go out for three meals a day. You can get your coffee. You're a quick drive to cell service and Wi-Fi. So you can do it that way and literally bring nothing or you can plan to cook. And uh, we do provide a fire ring and a grill at each campsite. So you can cook your own meals. That would be the main thing. And then just like any other camping, yes, these are more permanent structures, but when you do bring your food, still need to be mindful of the wildlife and and make sure that stuff goes back in your locked vehicle. (laughs) And I've found that uh, (laughs) I've learned recently that uh, having that vehicle locked is actually can be important.
1: (laughs) I bet. Um,
3: So that's really the only thing you'd be required to bring. Now, some other things that folks do choose to bring along with them uh, hammocks frisbees hacky sacks obviously all your recreational equipment if you're out if you want to go bike riding you need all of that equipment and then also stuff for for the lake so as as the name of the campground suggests we do have a lake there lake powhatan and um great place to go swimming so definitely bring a a towel uh, a beach towel sorry we do provide we do provide white towels for the for the bathhouses but swim trunks tubes, anything you might want for the lake.
1: It sounds just ideal, like one-stop shopping. I can just show up, bring the marshmallows, the chocolate, the graham crackers, get that little fire going in the evening. Even in the summer, it's always just nice to have a little fire going and make those s'mores. It just sounds perfect, Dan.
3: Absolutely. And and that's the idea, is we try to provide everything for you that you have to have. We have firewood available on site, and we've got an ice chest that that we can provide you upon on request um, we have extra cots so obviously we have the queen bed but the tents can technically have a maximum capacity of six people so we can we can add cots to where that makes comfortable and we're also flexible if people want to set up their own tent outside the glamping tent uh, just for more space so th- that's the idea is we, we want it to be a turnkey kind of camping rental everything is there for you and and we're we're lucky with our proximity to Asheville that that folks can it's a really unique experience you know we, we've we've thought that this would be more oriented towards couples families that kind of stuff and yeah we do see that but we're also seeing a lot of single travelers that are that are traveling for work and you know choosing this as a different option to the traditional motel to the traditional business trip um, this is just a you know a little bit more relaxing and you're still right here in town
1: and you're right there on that lake I love Lake Powhatan so Dan tell us again how we can get more information and and even make our resume reservations because uh, summer is really just around the corner and it's time to start planning and thinking about making those reservations and getting out there in nature.
3: Absolutely. So um, before I get into that, our first day is this Friday. So anybody interested can go ahead and reserve for the future. Um, And we're open all the way until November 15th. Oh, and I realize I should stick a date on that. Uh, it is March the 26th this Friday, um, and we're open all the way until 1115. Now, that being said, you can find all of the information about the glamping site itself on pisgaglamping.com. You can also go to our home website, Adventure Pisga, and that's got a link to Pisgah Glamping. And then to make the reservations, you'll need to go to recreation.gov, but there is a link provided on Pisgah Glamping if you want to just go straight from there. So recreation.gov is the exact same system that, that all of us have used to, to book campsites all across the country on any sort of government land. But those are the three websites.
1: I am so excited and I can't wait to get over there. So Dan, I'll look forward to uh, making my reservation, getting my, getting my little... Uh, Uh, sandals on, get my bathing suit ready to get out there and do some glamping. Thank you again for being on Speaking of Travel.
3: Thank you, Marilyn. We look forward to hosting you soon.
1: All right. Well, I have some big news that's happening over at the Asheville Regional Airport right now, just in time for a growing travel season. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey to tell us all about the exciting preview of what's ahead for the future of the airport. So stay tuned.
2: Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, President of Private Italy Tours LTD. For over 15 years, we have had the privilege of sharing some of Italy's most well-known and many less-known places with over 700 satisfied clients. We feel very confident that we will all be able to travel to Europe again by the early fall of 2021. When we are finally able to return to Italy, place your trust with an organization of exceptional travel professionals. Join us on one of our small group tours of between 10 and 16 guests, or if you prefer, we offer complete custom itinerary planning services. Deposit specials are available to confirm your place on one of our exceptional tours. Join us in Bella Italia, private
1: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I just heard the words I've been waiting for. Reservation confirmed. I'm going to fly to California this summer to visit some of my family. And my boarding pass is never going to look so good. And I'm excited about heading to the airport for the first time in such a long time. You know, since March of 2020, we've been keeping up with the latest aviation and airline news with Tina Kinsey, the director of PR, marketing, and air service development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And she's been keeping us abreast of the many changes in the way we're going to get back into air travel moving forward. Well, the Asheville Regional Airport began a new terminal design project nearly 18 months ago at a time when their passenger numbers were really exceeding the existing capacity of the terminal building at that peak time. And, you know, with growth already returning, this new design couldn't come at a better time. And welcome, Tina. I'm so excited to hear all about this big news over there.
4: Oh, thanks. It's a You know, it's a long time coming, but it's really exciting.
1: And I love the way that it is a long time coming because really this project put forth so much public opinion and and research. You, you didn't just jump out and say, we're going to do this. You really let it simmer and percolate. And now you're ready to to jump forward. Tell us more about how that unfolded. Sure.
4: So a lot of people may not realize, but when airports We have to master plan and we have to think about the future, long term future all the time, because it's not easy for uh, an operating airport to just add on a gate here or add on a room there. If you need more space, you know, you really need to understand what's happening with population growth, air service growth, the the needs um, for an airport terminal. And the airfield. So, um, quite a while ago, uh, about eighteen months ago, we entered into a partnership with um, an architectural firm, uh, Gresham Smith, and they are experts in guiding airports through a, an airport terminal design project. And so, we've been working with them all this time, and we've launched the whole project by. Obtaining a lot of community and stakeholder input into okay before we even begin to think about a specific design, what's important to this community? What is going to ring true? What are the what are the elements of our region that um, really bubble to the top? That everyone seems to be proud of. And we wanted to reflect that. And that was a cool process. I mean, that, that's just been really great. And to watch it unfold dynamically over 18 months, uh, you know, and culminate in some wonderful design concepts is has been an amazing experience.
1: Well, I know that when you focus on achieving these kind of strategic objectives what are we going to do how are we going to do it you come up with what it is that really works and what you feel fits in you I remember when you did your garage project you know building a garage a parking garage you would think oh you know you go out and you get a bunch of uh you know you don't really think about design in a parking garage but you did we did yeah
4: and that was almost like the um the test for this big, big, big project. We had such wonderful feedback from the community about the parking garage and the fact that it reflects, you know, it's, it's got the the beautiful mountain scenes uh, that are three stories tall, you know, on the side of the parking garage. And the, the region really loves that, loves that, that reflects who we are. And so you know that's what we're doing with this terminal design. Uh, I I do want everyone to understand that really a lot of the crux of what we're doing is looking at things that maybe the public would never really. Pay attention to, but take tedious, significant time. We are looking at passenger flow, passenger throughput, how much square footage per passenger during peak times, you know, size of aircraft um, that we anticipate over the next 20 years. And will we be able to park those aircraft at the jet bridges? And what does the outside airfield need to look like and you know looking at a central energy plant. I mean, you know, things like that that are going to improve efficiencies and really help with our utilities uh, over the next 20, 30 years. Um, so many different things. So it's a it's a big puzzle, but it's fun and the it's going to be tied up in a really regionally uh, specific bow.
1: I love that. And, and again, I took a look at these design uh, renderings that you just announced uh, recently, and I just love the way that it seems so modern. It's like this big, modern gateway to the world, but is at the same time really rooted in the natural beauty that we have right here in our own backyard. Absolutely. And that you just
4: articulated the core design principle for um, all the decisions moving forward. You know, we have to be responsible. We're not building a Taj Mahal here. You know, we're but we want what we have to reflect the natural beauty of this area. And so you'll see things like some of the ideas are the um, the ceiling lines to mimic the flow of water you know, waterfalls, the flow of water. And and it does. I mean, it's a really interesting design concept, lots of natural light, embracing the views, you can see the mountains from the airport, and we will be a two story airport uh, when this is eventually constructed. And so you'll see the mountain views and really embracing that and bringing it in, you know, so lots of lots of great things.
1: I'm so excited. And and I just I'm just so proud. You know, we've been following along with what's going on at the airport over this last year. And uh, just everybody there, your team of just solid people who come and and show up every day. And I know that as you move forward in this project, everybody's going to be really keeping busy. And uh, and Tina, I wanted to, to ask how, as you move into this new terminal design, what will be... Some of the features, maybe that we are seeing today, that have changed a little bit over the last year, in as far as touchless and sanitation and things like that.
4: Well, those those things are certainly on our minds, even in this design process. We're in a little different situation than a lot of other airports in that we're designing this new terminal during a pandemic, and so we're able to internalize what we've experienced, what's important, look at new research and plan for that. So we're certainly uh, planning the space for the touchless technology, the, uh, the openness so that there is a feeling of being able to spread out a little bit, you know, different seating configurations um, and really just embracing being able to move forward in this new era of travel.
1: Well, that's some exciting news, Tina. How can everybody find out more information and even see some of these renderings? Sure. So
4: visit our website, flyavl.com. We do have a link to the renderings in our uh, social hub, you'll see a, a story linked there uh, on the homepage. And then um, we also will be sending these out in our next issue of Window Seat, um, which is our monthly e-newsletter. So I do encourage everyone to sign up for that and you can do that right on our homepage as well.
1: Well, Tina, it's always a pleasure. And and as time has gone on over this last year and and we're heading to a a time where getting a boarding pass is actually becoming more of a reality and something that we can all start looking forward to. Again, a big shout-out to everything that is moving forward over there at the Asheville Regional Airport. I feel that what you're doing over there is just such a model for how we all need to move forward, especially around travel. So thank you so much for keeping us up to date. Thank you, Marilyn. Well, thanks Tina and thanks to Mark and Dan for being on Speaking of Travel today. Now that we're beginning to head into a new time when leisure activities and collective gatherings like live music concerts and sports events are slowly emerging again and the light at the end of the tunnel is kind of in sight, we really have to continue to be aggressive with precautionary efforts. As we look at things becoming more like normal, doctors say it's still important to use simple hygiene practices like washing your hands and wearing our masks and practicing safe social distancing. The most important thing is to be patient, but it's important to keep making plans because making plans helps you stay positive and keeps you from being overwhelmed by stress. So planning for your future, especially around travel, is the perfect way to change up how you've been coping. Even if you're not the scheduling type, this is a great time to try to make plans for the future, even if they're going to change again. At least get a plan in place. My upcoming trip is something I think about every day. Will it happen? Well, I hope so, but if there are changes, at least I have something to look forward to right now. So keep on planning. Begin small, like what are you going to have for dinner? Then go all out. Plan a big adventure. Everything we do now calls for a celebration. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy.